Welcome back to another episode of Capes and Tights. I'm Justin. This is guest co-host, Gibran. Graham, how are you, sir? I'm well. Yeah, see? Guest co-host. You like that? It's very fancy. Yeah, we're, we're trying to like, you know, we're promoting you as you come on the podcast. Every once in a while, we'll just pro- promote you to a new thing here. I still feel like I'm a Padawan, but you know, it's okay. Yeah. You'll get there. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're here. <clears throat> Technically, uh, we're recording this way early, but we're in the middle of Star Wars week or towards the end of Star Wars week here at the podcast. And so Adam is moving. Our co-host here, he's moving to Illinois. Uh, I don't know if you knew that yet, but he's moving to Illinois, which is fine because we do most of our podcasting remotely anyway. Um, but we gave him a couple of weeks off. We said, hey, man, take, some, take a break, move to Illinois. And so he'll be back here pretty soon, but we thought we'd get you on. Uh, Paul Eaton was on as well, doing a Doctor Strange review with us too. And uh, I kind of teased you with that one, didn't I? Yeah, seriously. I'm like, oh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, let's go. And you're like, oh, wait, no, Paul. <laughs> we're going to do solo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we just, we're going to talk solo. I mean, so I watched it again uh, over the weekend uh, for, for the Same. third time, maybe. I think I saw it once and then I saw it. I watched it with my wife and then I watched it again. And uh, I forgot it actually came out on May 25th, 2018, which would have been 41 years to the date from A New Hope, which is pretty yeah. cool. Uh, they were supposed to release this year. We we're supposed to release the what Obi Wan on May 25th, but they moved it to May 27th. Right. Um, so, but yeah, I think they're trying because right after Obi Wan, they're doing Miss Marvel, and I think that's going to come out on Wednesdays. And so, or yeah, so they, they think they moved the Star Wars one to Friday, so that'd be Wednesday, Friday instead of two episodes on the same day. Because this, this is the first time they're having two different new streaming things come out right. at the same time. So, it it was made for almost 300 million dollars, dude. <laughs> Yeah, three hundred million dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the movie. Right? Yeah, Woo. it made for three hundred million dollars. It is the least profitable movie in Star Wars history because it only made close to four hundred million dollars in return. So, but it's also not one. If you look at the reviews online, like the critics, like the like the critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. it was sixty nine percent critics. So it's not the worst rated Star Wars movie either, though. So it's it's weird. It's weird how it fits in there. It is, you know, I mean, it, it's, it comes out at a, at a tough time. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of back and forth about the sequel trilogy, you mm-hmm. know, um, and all the problems with the directors with that and, you know, the reception of that, you know, and of course, Rogue One is pretty universally loved. So um, it, it's, it's tough to, you know, hold it up against everything else sometimes. It, it is. And I, what Adam and I and actually what Paul and I kind of talked about when we did the Doctor Strange one, too, is is the funny thing about how Rogue One did so well. Why wouldn't you think this one would do just like, you know, just just in dollar amount, even if people hated it? Like we saw the effects we talked uh, uh, earlier in this Star Wars week of episode one to episode two. Episode one made like one point two billion and then episode two made like six hundred and fifty million. And I think it's the reactionary of episode one that went to, like you know, people's. Like, oh, episode one wasn't what I expected it to be, so I'm not going to go see episode two in the theaters. But right. Rogue One did so well that I thought the following, you know, anthology film would do better than 400 million in the box office. But I guess people just didn't. I The biggest complaint I think I see is that people wanted Harrison Ford, which obviously is impossible. Right. What are you going to do? You're going to, you know, just do photo capture kind of stuff. And I mean, it would be terrible. It would be terrible to like de-age him for an entire film. We just do a 75-year-old Harrison Ford playing a 25-year-old Harrison Ford. No problem. That's fine. Don't worry about it. But I think Alden uh, Ehrenreich did a great... I think he looked like a younger Harrison Ford. Like, I would believe it. Like, if you showed me a picture of him and his mannerisms, I think he did a good enough job to make it his own character, but also give you a tip of nod to what Harrison Ford's uh, Han Solo was. Absolutely. I mean, I... I, I... I have a I I can't find too much fault with his performance of this character. I really can't. You know, I all the mannerisms, like you're saying, they're there. Um, very, you know, sort of Han Solo tropes. I mean, it was even written to be like, hey, we know you love Han Solo. We're gonna give you young Han Solo. Um, it, it's, he did a fantastic job. I really, I really think he just captured the character very well. So I think that this movie it it was trying to give us the fan service of Han Solo. Oh my gosh, the Han Solo movie. Let's hear about how Han Solo became Han Solo. But it's really not how Han Solo became Han Solo. It's how he met Lando. 
how he met Chewbacca and how he got his things, how he got his blaster, how he got his ship, how he got those things. They really never gave us the actual how Han became Han, not like how he progressed. There was no failures. There was no like he was basically the movie started with him being him. And then at the end of the movie was him being him. And then now we know a portion of Han Solo's life. Right. Like, there was no character arc to it to me. You know, so, I mean, okay, Han Solo has been a fan favorite character, obviously, since mm-hmm. 1977. You know, he, yeah. he came right on the screen and, like, people wanted to emulate him. People wanted to be him. You know, Harrison Ford did it perfectly, right? Um, I mean, I will say I was, as a kid, I was more a Luke Skywalker kid than a Han Solo kid. But it worked well because all my best friends were, like, Han Solo kids. So, like, you yeah. know, like, you know, I'd be like, Luke, they'd be the Han, you know, et cetera. Um, and, you know, we, we did get quite a bit of like Han Solo backstory fiction in a lot of other media, you know, through the years. I mean, a lot of it is sort of, you know, legends, non-canon at this point, but I mean, early on there was the Brian Daly trilogy of books that came out in the very early years, um, which were, were great. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, featuring Han and Chewie. You know, and then you got some later stuff, you know, when after the Zon first Zon trilogy came out, we had this plethora of of Star Wars stuff coming. We had a new Han Solo trilogy. We had, you know, other stuff coming in the backstory, you know, when he marries Leia and all this other stuff about his parents. Um, and obviously none of that lasted. You know, you yeah. had to, you know, get the the new the new canon um, coming in. But there's there's hints of a lot of that written into this. But I mean, you know, for as much fan service as, you know, people wanted and then were disappointed in, you know, it's, it's always been there, you know, I mean, people got Han Solo at different times, you know, got some backstory. Um, And, you know, it's, it's interesting to, to see what people, you know, when they see it visually, what they are accepting versus what they accept when it's just in, you know, prose or comics or, or whatever. It's funny, too, because this movie, I mean, to my wife, who's not a huge Star Wars fan, when I said, hey, I'm going to watch this weekend, you want to watch with me? She goes, actually, that's one of the good, the better movies to me in the Star Wars universe. And it's like, it's because she has no exterior connection to it. It's like she watches it as a quote unquote solo movie um, that, 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 that puts it in this category, which is like the action's great. The people are great. Some of the jokes are funny. The drama's there that, you know, you have all these people and she likes Donald Glover. And, you know, it, it's this this aspect of. The movie has this. If you take these movies and stop comparing them to the rest of the movies that are in the same universe, it's a good movie. It's got a lot of stuff that you'd want in a movie. It's just people are expecting their movie. They, they're expecting right. a de-aged Harrison Ford. They're expecting, you know, a New Hope Part B. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, it's, it's the funniest thing. And, and so I thought this movie would be well liked and all this. I, I don't. But I also can't see anybody out there really giving me an actual real reason of why the movie wasn't their favorite. But one of those wasn't a good movie. I can't like, you can't give me a legitimate reason. There's no one out there that can say this is why it wasn't a good movie. It was like like I just said, huh, maybe it wasn't a very good car- character arc because there wasn't this beginning and ending where you kind of saw him grow as a person. But we see him grow in A New Hope, really. That's where you see his change from right. trying to be and selfish and scoundrel. There, right? to, I mean, to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the seeds of it are there, you know, in some of the interaction with, you know, um, the you know, the rebellion piece, you yeah. know, where they're like, you know, you you should do this because this is, you know, why. And then even, you know, uh, even Kira is like, you yeah. know, oh, you know, he's he's going to he's a good man. He's going to make the right choices. You know, I mean, she sees that in him. She knows that ultimately about him. And I think that comes from the part where, you know, he obviously cared about her and he was doing, trying to do the right thing by her various times. Um, But yeah, I mean, the touchstones are there though, right? For the character that we, we know he becomes, you know, you mentioned the jokes. I mean, there's obviously, there's some like early versions of, of, you know, retro recycled jokes, you know, um, in there. I, I, one of my favorites actually is um, when, when, uh, when (laughs) when Donald Glover's Lando says to him, I hate you. And he says, I know. <laughs> it's like, you know, I love that. You know, it's like, okay. There's a, there's a couple of them too. Uh, that uh, was it. I don't think this is a good idea, but as the actual line from the original movies, this is a very bad idea. There was like one where they just changed one word in it too. Like they right. definitely do that. And they have that freedom to do that. They have that 
like they almost need to do things like that, which is really good, which is fun because they can like, again, for those who know, you know, but if you don't know, it doesn't take away from the movie. It doesn't make you go, I don't get it. Like there's certain times that we've talked um, outside the podcast about certain, uh, like the, the addition of Wilson Fisk's character played by uh, what's his face in uh, Hawkeye. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. That that's a huge fan service thing. And everybody's all excited about if you know. Like, it, it, there's no meaning to it if you don't know that Vincent D'Onofrio has played De- uh, Kingpin before in the Netflix. You know, it, it just, it falls flat to the people who don't know. And so... Same with, same with Charlie Cox as Matt yes, Murdock. And yes. Spider-Man 3, right? Yeah. It, it, the, you, if you know, you know. If you don't, then it doesn't make it. You're not excited about it. So, but doesn't take away for some of us, but some of the things can take away from it. This didn't. Those jokes and those things are, you know, the fact that he won... Um, like his showing him win the Millennium Falcon. It's like we know that as Star Wars fans that he won it in a card game, and you you're waiting for it that the entire movie you're waiting for him to win the ship in a card game, and it finally happens towards the end of the movie. You're like, ah, oh, that's how he got the Millennium Falcon. And to me, it was like cool. I get to see this on. I know how it happened. I knew it happened, but I get to see it now on screen. I was excited about that. I, there was no. It looked like a Star Wars movie to me too. Like it definitely had oh, yeah. that practical effect part to it that made it go. Okay, this is a Star Wars movie, which I thought was funny. They had to call it Solo, colon, a Star Wars story to let people know that it was a Star Wars movie. Like, I, <laughs> that was the stupidest thing. I was like, Rogue One is called Rogue One, but I don't think anybody ever, it says a Star Wars story on the, the poster yeah. in small letters, but I don't think people call it Rogue One a Star Wars story. They just call it Rogue One. You know, when they were shooting the film, um, the, the name of it was Red Cup. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. I was like, that is awesome. Uh, I, when I read that online, I was like, that is amazing. Yeah. Um, but in addition to the jokes, you had other things too yeah. that were like, you know, all right, we, we're gonna we're gonna put the stamp finally on this whole Han shot first thing. Yeah. And I mean, I'm assuming no, you know, spoilers <laughs> abound in this. Podcast, yes. But, yes. You know, when he when he shoots Beckett at the end, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's no there's no question about it. He's just like they start the conversation. Boom, you know, done. And it's like, yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. the guy. He's gonna mm-hmm. shoot first. You know, let's 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 not argue about that anymore. We know, we know what happened. And, and you, they had the freedom to do that. But the, the the downside to that, having the freedom to do that kind of thing, like going back and like paying it, is that they're stuck in a bubble too. Like they don't have the ability to like they can't they can't go too far off script because of the fact that there's a movie that follows this that he goes into that you can't be like, Oh, he lost an eye because he doesn't <laughs> he has two eyes in a Star Wars and New Hope. So like you can't do that. But things yeah. like that, where you can say, no, this is the, who is who he is. And this is what you can tell for the future films and set him up for it, which is awesome. In that scene where, where he uh, shot, my wife actually made a point. She goes, why did Amelia Clark, why did Kira have to go back? Like, why did she, you know what I mean? She, she's now quote unquote free from the, the syndicate that they're, that they're, or the Crimson Dawn. But now she's now, like she immediately just became in charge like of that, like, you know what I mean? Does she immediately just take over for Paul Bettany's character? <laughs> like, is that how it works? I mean, is that just like, okay, you killed the person's dead. Now I'm, now I'm in charge. I mean, she sets herself up for it. And she, she's, her character is obviously really smart. I mean, she knows yes. what she's doing. She's gone through things and we don't even know the stuff that she's gone through. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, you know, the, the appearance of, of mall, you know, and um, the whole syndicate, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, obviously they set it up for potential sequel material, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, both Amelia Clark and, and Alden Ironrack had signed on for three films, whether that was three solo films or, or what they signed on for three films. I don't know where their contracts lie. Yeah. that they probably dissolved at this point. It's been four yeah. years. Right. But, um, but I mean, that, that potential was there and yeah. it could be, doesn't didn't have to be another solo movie. Didn't have to be a direct sequel. It could be just like you know, Kira, a Star Wars story. Yeah, well, <laughs> call a Crimson Dawn movie would be our, our show right. would be amazing. Something that's like right. like the what they what they kind of they touched on obviously in Book Book of Boba Fett. Anybody hasn't seen that yet? Please go watch yeah. see it. But like a little bit of spoilers here. They talk about the syndicates, the Pike syndicates in there, and the Crimson Dawn's talked in there, and so on and so forth. So they they set that up in a way that, and then obviously. The, the people behind Book of Boba Fett were able to run with it as well, like by picking it up again and talking about these syndicates that are out there, that that a Crimson Dawn thing would be awesome. Something to do with Crimson Dawn yeah. just in general as a, as a group. They have the stuff in the comic books right now that's dealing with Crimson Dawn, so why not? 
do something right. with the that. Bubble, the, the, the battle yeah. of the bounty hunters, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's great. Good. And I, I think it's yeah. all great stuff. And it's stuff you could do that is, excuse me, it's kind of like what Better Call Saul is right now to Breaking Bad, where it's like in the same universe, but they're running parallel to each other to a point where uh, rumors are that the, the some of the characters are crossing over more at the end of this Better Call Saul run. But it's like they can make another thing. It's happening in the same universe, but it's not connected in any other way. So a Crimson Dawn thing that's not connected to the Skywalkers at all and just does this own thing would be cool, in my opinion. It's another auxiliary thing. It's the, you know, what ifs to the MCU kind of thing. Like it's it's there, but it's not there kind of thing, which would be kind of cool. Um, and bringing back Amelia Clark and stuff. Yeah, I mean, the crime syndicate stuff is 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 definitely interesting. It's a it's a whole like pool of of story just waiting to be you know told right i mean mm-hmm. you've got so much there but it's it's that that crime element too that is a part of this story that is also so engaging you know i mean i have a friend that likes to just call this you know the italian job in space and he's right you know it really it is you know minus the mini coopers yes um but i mean it's it's a caper movie right mm-hmm. i mean one after the other you know a, a Loved caper into you know the the redeeming one and the double cross and the triple cross you know what I mean it, I mean it's 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 all there and mm-hmm. you know what what would what else would you expect Han Solo to be involved in this time in, in his life right yeah I mean, exactly. exactly right yeah it's good I, I, the things that made me go again as a Star Wars fan just as quick things to point out for that is the first appearance of Chewie like seeing him and him like growling right at Han Solo was amazing. Him getting the blaster, him getting boarding the boarding the uh, Millennium Falcon for the first time, not even being the owner of it yet, just boarding it and getting on yeah. it for the first time. You're like, oh man, like those things are like nostalgic to to no end. And then the appearance of Darth Maul, that the you know aged Darth Maul because he's obviously older. He's got uh, robotic legs in the thing. So obviously knows there's a reason. And, and as people know on the podcast to Adam, and I, I talked a little bit here was Adam. And I have not been diving deep into clone wars uh, animated show or the movies or anything like that. And so we know that Darth Maul makes more appearances in that side of the uh, star Wars universe. Uh, but it, it, once he got cut in half in uh, the, the prequel series, a trilogy of movies, there was like, that was the end of Darth Maul. And seeing him appear in here gave us all hope of like, oh, yeah, we're going to see more Darth Maul. And then it just fell flat. It just was like, nope, you're all set. You have to go watch Clone Wars to get more Darth Maul. And I'm like, God damn it. I want to see more Darth Maul. I think he's such a badass character. And actually, technically, he's just Maul in this movie, too. He's not Darth Maul in this movie. Right. Um, but like, I, I think it'd be awesome. So the Crimson Dawn thing with him being the, the, the mob boss for the Crimson Dawn and seeing a show surrounded around Darth would be amazing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, there's some interesting things. Did you watch the deleted scenes? I did not watch the deleted no. scenes. I always forget to do that. There was um, there's some interesting there's some interesting scenes that they deleted or they extended. Um, mm-hmm. Although watching them all, I I think the right choice was made. Um, but there's a there's a there's a piece um, in the sort of extras where they. Um, they kind of talk about, or there's a round table. Um, this isn't a deleted scene, but there's a round table with uh, Ron Howard as the director and, and, and all the principal actors. Um, and they show some really up close pictures of, of Paul Bettany's face, um, you know, and you know, you see him in, in, in this role and um, which was, he was a replacement actually for mm-hmm. the original actor that was kind of playing this character. And they redid the whole thing mm-hmm. uh, when he couldn't come back for um, reshoots. But uh um, you know, his, his alien physiology and his face, you know, there are times where you can kind of see it and there's times where you don't see it as much. And I wish that you could see it more because it adds to that ad idea that, you know, you know, the races and, you know, what is going on with this, this, this crime boss and, you know, what is his story? I mean, that's the, the backstory of all these characters, I think is, is incredibly interesting. And, you know, when you bring it in with like that, that fervor for more mall, you know, it's like, all right, so how, how is, how is that character, you know, related to this character? You know, I mean, we don't need the origin story of Beckett, right? I mean, I think we get it, we get him, you know, but like the rest of it, I I want that, I want that story. I want the, uh, you know, the, the Star Wars Godfather, for example, right? And we can get that now with Disney Plus. Like that's the difference between what we used to be able to have, like back when the prequel series trilogy came out was like, that was the way we're going to get Star Wars movies is the big screen yeah. and when we got rogue one even in in solo let's let's be honest 
Jabron, if we went back further, this probably would have been a streaming. I, I, I really feel like this would have moved over to Disney Plus and been a series yeah. if streaming would have been as big as it was in 2018 as it is in now. Like, obviously, they had been making this movie in production for a while before it released in 2018. But if, like, in 2022, we're thinking now with the successful of Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and so on, I really think that this, and sadly, Rogue One might have been too. But I'm glad Rogue One actually was on the screen because Rogue One was, it might be one of my favorite, if not my favorite Star Wars films, other than maybe Empire. But like, it's unbelievable. But this probably would have been a cool six, 10 episode series like they're doing with the, uh, uh, you know, more on Obi-Wan coming yeah, up here pretty yeah. soon too. A absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, they, they probably would have said, you know, let's let's just leave it for the Skywalker series, you know, for the big screen, um, you know, Thank God that's over. But um, you know, and and let's put this oh, other is stuff. It on the is it though? Is it though? Oh that's Adam let's and I's whole on. thing let's is too. Like, the word Skywalker does not need to be uttered anymore. Like we just it's fine. We know about it. We've it's fine. We'll move on. We've got other things. The universe moves on. Like at some point, the same thing I've always talked about in the MCU. Iron Man was an Iron Man. Move on. I love Iron Man, but we're done. We're moving on. Next thing. You can, or you can reference it off key somewhere in the movies because it makes sense, but you don't need to have like a poster on the wall that says remembering Iron Man anymore. We're done. Moving on from Iron Man. <laughs> it's funny how many people were connected to this movie at the, at the beginning that would have made it, would have made me go again in 2018. Oh my gosh, you got to see this movie. Like Lawrence Kasdan and his son, Jonathan. I mean, Lawrence wrote uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Empire Strikes Back. So you're like, oh my gosh, those people writing this movie. Originally, Phil Lord and obviously Christopher Miller were the, were the directors of this movie, got fired, which is funny because Ron Howard gets all the credit for it, even though the uh, Lord and Miller got, they basically filmed like two thirds of the movie before they get fired. But that's a whole other thing. John Williams doing the score again. Like it's just with help from John Powell. But like all that stuff made this perfect for a hugely successful star wars movie and for it to only make 400 million that's the only but like in the scale of movies nowadays 400 million dollars in the box office is just is just it's fascinating um they do seem to introduce yeah, in every no, single new true. star wars movie a new droid though did you notice that <laughs> like i feel uh, like I the mean, rogue one had a new droid in it. this to, has right? a new droid in it. like it's always a new droid in these movies just l3 l337 was amazing she stole the show in my opinion oh yeah Stop Absolutely. exploiting droids. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that whole thing is just like we're equals and all that stuff was amazing. I love that aspect of it. It was so good uh, on that as well. Uh, I had some fun facts. Let me read a couple of fun facts for you. Uh, um, let's see. Hans or Harrison Ford revealed that he's seen the movie, thinks it's phenomenal, but skipped out on the premiere because uh, with the rest of the cast, he didn't want to take any. Um, like moments of glory from Alden, which is pretty cool. I like that idea uh, yeah. on that one. And the other one was, did you know that this, this is the first movie in official canon that nobody speaks the word Jedi in Star Wars universe? The word Jedi was never spoken in this movie. Oh, you're right. Isn't that crazy? It's fun. And yeah, then... But also makes sense though, right? I mean, yes. given the time period, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's also another one with so cool. Oh, also the first and only Star Wars movie so far, or up until this point, I believe that no C3PO or R2D2 uh, did not be were not featured in this movie right. as well. Uh, and then the other one was oh, uh, uh, Chewbacca. This is actually first lead role. Every other role for Chewbacca in any other movie, he's actually been a secondary character. And because mm -hmm. of that, they had uh, eight production suits and ten heads for him to use because of how much on-screen time he had, and they didn't want to get too nasty in the suit and they had to clean it and do all that stuff. I thought those were fun, fun facts for the movie because it's you know a different movie, and that's the thing. It's 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 standalone movie, but it does fit. Like I feel like you can watch it if you're watching episode one to episode nine. You throw these movies in. The reason why we did this one above everything else right now, we did episodes one, two, and three this week solo, and then you can do Rogue One. And so on. Like you, you, this is the movie that's next in line because this movie does fit into the canon timeline. Yeah, you know the. Um, I believe, if, if memory serves correctly, the first scene that they filmed was the, you know, Chewie Han mud fight scene. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I guess it, it took three weeks to film that scene, through all the rehearsals and all the takes they had to do. Oh. Um, you know, it's a, it's, that's 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 intense. <laughs> It is. It makes it also laugh because I was listening to something about um, who was oh Kevin Smith talking about shooting Clerks three, 
and he shot the entire Clerks 3 movie that's coming out here pretty soon uh, in a month. And the fact that it took four months before Lord and Miller were actually fired from this movie before Ron Howard took over and the movie wasn't done yet. And the fact that there's a difference in scale between Kevin Smith movies and a Star Wars movie. (laughs) The fact that it took a couple of weeks to shoot that one scene, whereas a couple of weeks into a a Kevin Smith movie, it would have been almost done. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it's pretty funny. I mean, so in overall, in the aspect of a solo Star Wars movie, it is a great movie for action and adventure and, and, and drama and, and there's yeah. some comedy in there and stuff, but it's not, it, you're never going to get, and this is the thing that Adam and I talked about episode one and episode two, you're never going to get a new hope empire and return of the Jedi. You're just never going to get that. You can't recreate that. It's, it's, it, it lives in history. That's where we are. Let's move on. This is a great movie yeah. in that sense. You know, if you think about it, like in the terms of, you know, time travel lore, those are fixed points, right? You can't mm-hmm. change them. You can't recreate them. They're fixed points. Um, and you just have to, you know, you, you build from them. And that's what's always been so great about the Star Wars universe. I mean, whether you, whether you love George Lucas or hate him, whether he ruined your childhood or whatever since, you know, the original trilogy, um, you know, he did create this vast universe, you know, mm-hmm. and, and allowed other people to play in it as well you know and the, the, the depth you know there's so much um that you know obviously can be written about it um because we've seen so much already and you know this many years later we're still people are still playing in that that star wars sandbox mm-hmm. uh, and creating new things so you know yeah you, you you're not going to get you're not going to get those original movies again exactly as they were you know and, and have that same exact feeling from the very first time you saw them or when we saw them as kids or or whatever you're you have to you have to have that new part of the mythology that needs to to allow you you need to accept it right yes and and maybe that's why people won't do it the way that george lucas did it in the first place from now like from like very rarely will this happen where they'll create three movies knowing that there's going to be a prequel potentially and a sequel to the same series because it does put you in some sort of you know constraints to what you can and cannot do you know they did this kind of in the Marvel thing and they did it in the wrong way. Hobbit. <coughs> Hobbit. Yeah. Exactly. And that, and that's the, you know, and the same thing with uh, black, like putting black widow way ahead. It put her in a box in a sense that you couldn't do much because you knew where she was going. So you should have done a black widow movie way years ago. That's, that's a whole other conversation, but uh, that there is this aspect of it. We relate to the MCU is like point A and point A to point B is it's a, it's a linear line that we just, everything's moving forward. There's still that there's a source material that's a very popular source material that people go to all the time that it, it frustrates me that the MCU is one world and comic books are another world. They can pull from that. But very rarely have you ever seen a motion picture or TV show based on a book or a comic book that has actually hit every single mark on that comic book or source material. It is ridiculous. I wouldn't want that either. Like I, I, the books are a books for a reason. Right. And then you put it into a movie or a TV show, tweak it a little bit. Make a character that was a female, a male, make a character that was white, you know, person of color. Like, why not? Like, this is, that's not, you can do that. And so the downside to these movies is there is a thing you have to base it off. And, and that sucks that you can't change anything. Like, you know, luckily they are actually adding more characters around Han Solo that didn't need to be, right. they're not in the future movies, quote unquote, or the past movies that you can just create and then kill <laughs> and they don't exist anymore. Right. I mean, that was the thing, right? Aside from a couple of characters who we obviously knew already, we knew Lando, we knew Han, we knew Chewie, you know, every, everybody else is basically brand new, right? Mm-hmm. There's a whole new swath of characters, um, you know, situations, uh, worlds, you know, names, races, you know, I mean, you know, you have some things that you've heard of, you know, you got job, you know, I don't, do they mention Jabba or they just they, mention they, a crime law that- they, they right. mentioned Tatooine yeah. and a crime lord of some sort that he right. wants to go do a job for you. That, you've got, you know, you've got the Kessel Run, you know, I yeah. mean, how many times have we heard about the Kessel Run? Um, what was the Kessel? What was it? You know, and now, now we know, you know, but other than that, the thing that is different though about Star Wars versus things like MCU is that, you know, the movies in MCU and the comics in the Marvel universe, you know, they, they run parallel to each other, but they don't intersect. Right. Mm. Whether you agree with the, you know, the 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 amount of control that you know what Lucasfilm to Disney has had on the Star Wars universe, you know, they fit together. You know, I mean, Legends non 
pin stuff aside now. I mean, they did that for a reason. They did that because they wanted it to be something you could, you know, if you enjoyed the movies and you were a first time Star Wars movie viewer, you could go right into the books and you're in that same universe that they're putting up on the screen. And that really works. So many people still are like, oh, they, they got rid of all the legend stuff. That's awful. And I was like, have you read comics? in the last like 60 years. I mean, how many times have we had everything rebooted? Like yes. DC alone. I mean, <laughs> yes. you know, this is, this is old news, you know? Yes. I can still enjoy those stories as much as I want to. And, you know, as, as evidenced by Zahn bringing Thrawn back into, you know, the new canon, yep. it's like, you can take the best of that and you can recreate it and create new stories and go in new directions. And that's, that's awesome. And it's exciting to me because I, I, what I did was, you know, when I was talking to Adam a while ago about how I'm getting like so more in depth into these, I'm reading every Star Wars title that's at Marvel right now and comic books. I'm reading those. You have the Darth Vader, there's the Bounty Hunters, there's Dr. Afra, the main storyline Star Wars, there was the crossover series, uh, War of the Bounty Hunters. I, I read all, I'm reading all that. It's awesome. And I'm starting to read the, 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 the fiction, the books, the, the, the actual uh, novels that are putting around it. Cause I'm excited to, but I also know that in my set, my mind is there's movies are one thing, comics are one thing and books are one thing. There'll be things that are canon and not canon, but they're all, they're still giving me what I like. But the mo- main thing I'm going to like the most is your motion pictures and your TV shows that are definitely connected in a way. And if you don't want any of the other stuff, you don't want to watch Clone Wars, then don't watch Clone Wars. You don't have to watch Clone Wars. You can just watch your movies, the TV shows and the movies are the ones that are going to be related the most because yeah. they technically are in the same universe. Clone Wars is technically part of it, but it's really like, I don't know. It's, it's weird because it's animation. That's the thing that throws a lot of people off. I think, I think if it wasn't animation, I think it'd be so much more in canon for those uh, uh, peripheral Star Wars fans. Uh, but because it's an animation and in a, in a unique animation, it's not just mm-hmm. like, your typical Pixar or Disney animation. It's it's a very choppy and, and, and different animation, which I'm okay with, but it's just different. Um, but Star Wars as a whole, is, I just dove way more into it in the past six to eight months than I've ever dove into it. I always have loved the Star Wars movies. But the problem is, is my dad never really was like, oh, we've got to watch the Star Wars movies. It was just like, oh, Star Wars movies are cool and they're on, they're on. It wasn't until I was probably like in high school where I was actually like, I got to watch these movies. And I'm like, now I'm like, I can't wait to watch with my son. Like, this is like, yeah. Right. So, but luckily we also have a lot more crap around us to, to occupy us with Star Wars stuff. <laughs> like, well, that's true. I say that's crap, true. but I didn't mean crap. But in the same sense, I also mean crap. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's true. The ability to, to share that Star Wars being generational and multi-generational is, is uh, I think, you know, is, is a wonderful thing about it. You know, I mean, I, I, I was literally, you know, I was three years old um, when I was first, when I first saw Star Wars, my mother brought me to the theater. We saw it at Radio City Music Hall in New York City. And go. do I remember that experience? Of course I don't. Although there are, <laughs> uh, there are like scenes of that movie that were familiar to me. And I didn't see the actual film on screen until one of the later re-releases, yep. um, you know, and definitely before Empire. But Mm-hmm. I had like, you know, my old Star Wars hardcover storybook from when I was, you know, four or five years old is like, I still have it and the cover's barely hanging on, um, you know, and I also was able to listen to when they did the Star Wars radio show. I mean, I was of an age where I could listen to that when it first aired. Um, and it was something that my mother really enjoyed sharing with me, you know, and like, you know, all the Star Wars movies. Um, I think she just had a thing for Harrison Ford, but- um, <laughs> Who wouldn't though, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> right? come on. But, you know, my own daughter who, I mean, she'll be 24 this month, um, but, you know, she, it, she had an easy time getting acclimated and wanting to see all the Star Wars movies as soon as she could, because I mean, I've got, comics, statues, mm-hmm. toys, you know, around the house, you know? Um, so she, she was familiar with seeing these characters and seeing them come to life on the big screen was fantastic for her. And of course she's now, you know, a lifelong fan. Um, so I, I love that ability to share this stuff, you know, from generation to generation and have it continue to be new, you know? I mean, for her going to see the prequels was that, those were her first Star yes. Wars movies yes. on the screen, the big screen, right? So, you know, it but, was- Going into it also, like I, I'm going to be able to give my son the ability to just make his own judgments. Be like, I really like all, uh, and I won't say 
the first three are the best, then the prequel series are kind of, and then the, the, the sequel series are whatever. It, it's going to be go like, watch this from the beginning. I'm excited to watch it because I'm always excited. I don't care. Adam and I watch episode one again, episode two again. We're going to watch episode three here. It, it It's not my favorite thing to put on, but it's still Star Wars and it's still his. It's just, it's still, when you go to watch it, I'm not like, oh my gosh, that was horrible. There's movies I will never watch again. I feel like, the Star Wars prequel and sequel trilogies are both movies that I can watch over and over and over again because they're Star Wars. I don't care if they're good or bad because they're Star Wars. I can watch them again. And that's a lifesaver to, to the people who made them because I own them. And now I'm going to watch them over and over and over again. Disney plus has my money because of this. And so yeah. it's pretty funny on that aspect of it. The MCU connection though, it's kind of funny. So I just looking at this. Uh, so uh, Amelia Clark's going to be in a, a secret invasion. She's been rumored to be in secret invasion. Donald Glover was in, Spider-Man, uh, Homecoming, right? Because he was, or not, uh, yeah, Homecoming, because he was in the um, uh, parking garage when Spider-Man got some information from him or whatever. So Donald Glover was in it. Uh, let's see, Paul Bettany, obviously, was in MCU. Yeah. John Favreau voices Rio Durant, who obviously John Favreau, big Marvel person, but also is now in charge of basically Star yeah. Wars television. So. Right. <laughs> and then you have um the fun so you, then you have if you, if you go a little bit further that Woody Harrelson was in uh Venom too so there's the Marvel yeah. part of it uh <laughs> but it's just kind of funny the connection to all the uh the, the small world that those things have I guess when Disney gets their hold on you they just keep you right yeah I mean I, I, how could these people say no to the kind of money they're probably getting for two when they were growing up Marvel, and watching Star, Star Wars, Wars I mean yeah. half these people were probably like oh my gosh I'm gonna be in Star Wars I don't care what it is what you need me to do <laughs> I want to so, be a Star I mean, Wars film. If you watch the uh, the extras, um, there's a there's the roundtable with Ron Howard and the actors, and he asks them, you know, tell me about when you first heard that you got the role, and who was the first person that you told? Of course, they weren't supposed to tell anybody for weeks, right? And of course, they all did. Um, but the, you know, the actors that have kids, you know, they're like, you know, the first person I told, you know, I couldn't wait to tell my kids, you know. Um, but it's really interesting, you know, hearing them and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in a Star Wars movie, you know. And it's, I, 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 obviously, I'll I'll probably never be in that level of of anything as some of these actors. But like, you know, to to even be someone who, you know, Amelia Clark, who is like, you know, at the time, you know, Game of Thrones is yeah. like fire, right? And you know, for her to be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in a Star Wars movie, you know, where already she's you know, over, like known worldwide at this point with Game mm -hmm. of Thrones. And she even says that, um, you know, all of her, you know, fellow cast were like, just, they couldn't, they were so excited for her. And they were like, you know, they wanted to be in a Star Wars yeah. movie too. And I guess uh, Kit um, from, from, uh, from Game of Thrones, he, yeah. he, he is, um, he's been trying to like, do everything he can to try and get into a Star Wars property, but uh, of course we saw him in um, in Eternals. Eternals, so, yeah, exactly. As Black Knight again. So well, I mean, yeah, so the connection there between the Marvel and the and the, and the um, Star Wars universe now with John Favreau. I mean, John Favreau is just you know kicking butt on all that stuff, and I can't really forget David Filoni. You know, David Filoni is the yeah. mastermind behind a lot of the Clone Wars stuff, but also has has his finger on the pulse with. Mandalorian and Boba Fett and all that stuff as well over at, over at Disney Plus too. But I mean, the future of Star Wars is bright, in my opinion. If you would have told, if we would have had this conversation back, episode nine, episode eight, episode nine of Star Wars, you, you, the future would have been dull or, or dim for Star Wars fans in the uh, either big screen or small screen uh, area. That there wasn't much. I mean, at that time, the biggest thing to a lot of Star Wars fans was the animated shows that were on TV, not on, not in the theaters, but now the star Wars after season one, two of the Mandalorian and after Bo Bo book of Boba Fett, uh, I've watched bad batch. I've liked the bad batch series. The animated series is pretty good as well. They're coming up with season two of that with Obi-Wan coming up here pretty soon. The future in star Wars is bright. If they can do things like what they're doing, uh, we'll actually have a see. We'll see how this Obi-Wan series compares to a star Wars, uh, a star Wars story with solo and how similar they are in the aspect of, focusing on a character we already know yeah. uh, whereas like mandalorian was kind of like most of us are it's peripheral we don't know the story really and so that's nice about this and book of boba fett did an okay job i like the show a lot a lot but it felt like it was more like mandalorian season 2.5 but yeah sure. yeah <laughs> but you know it's interesting I, I i don't think we could see a crossover of 
any of the solo characters into the mm-hmm. Obi-Wan show. Because when you see him, you know, the in the trailer, when he sees Luke, you know, Luke is young, too young, I think, for, you know, yes. so whatever yes. time, amount of time that, you know, Han is in the you know employee of, of java i don't know how long that lasts you know up until we see him in, in a new hope but um so but it, it also would have been kind of interesting to see that interaction you know because you know when we when when kenobi meets chewie in the cantina and he brings him over to han definitely doesn't seem to know han but he he does he does seem to know chewie a little bit mm-hmm. right there's mm-hmm. there, there seems like you know there's conversation happening you know um and i don't know if there's we see that you know brief thing about you know yoda on 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 kashik and stuff like that and you know um i don't know how much of that was you know obi-wan yeah uh, you know any backstory there but like you know it would have been interesting if there was some kind of you know connection in in the kenobi show um you know related to maybe a little bit of of the Star Wars characters. And maybe we'll see more of, I mean, I feel like we'll see more of Crimson Dawn or something involving yeah. the syndicate in that, especially on Tatooine where the Huts have Tatooine at that point, you know, um, there's, there's gotta be, there's gotta be some more of that probably coming into the show. I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited for Kenobi. Definitely. Uh, I'm absolutely excited for Kenobi. I think it's just cool. Cause I do love uh, Ewan McGregor's uh, acting as Kenobi was one of my, one of the highlights, I believe, to the prequel trilogy mm-hmm. in that sense. I really liked him being uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I feel like as it grew, like as I'm we're gonna I'm gonna do a special on the podcast where it's just like who is Obi-Wan as we get closer to the show to give you a little backstory of those people who don't know. And I was creating the graphic for it and I almost put the original Ben Kenobi next to it. I'm like, I don't know. I think Obi-Wan Kenobi now people most people know Obi-Wan Kenobi as Ewan McGregor. And I think that's the cool thing about it is that he's actually be overtaken the original Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, yeah. character in the because he was on screen more i had more absolutely um impact really if you think about it i do think it's funny that obi-wan kenobi hides himself as old ben kenobi and no one knows <laughs> no one can put the pieces together on that one but well you know uh, it's like glasses on clark yeah, kent you know exactly. i mean exactly yeah so we have uh upcoming we have mandalorian season three uh hopefully i think about the end of the year they talked about obi-wan coming out in the month of may we've got our uh, andor that's also mm-hmm. supposed to be coming out at some point uh maybe this summer i don't know this is late 2022 on the internet that would be a fun one i really like that one because again we get that's more connected to what rogue one right. in that sense yep so we get that and then i think there's oh bad batch season two uh there's a ahsoka show coming uh the acolyte is coming as well yeah uh, then there's the talk about lando and whether or not donald glover is actually still connected to that at all i don't know for sure and the Rangers of the New Republic is also uh, on the on the horizon for us. And there's still talk about a single another movie too, isn't there? There's also talk about Taika Waititi being involved in a new trilogy. Right. There's all these things out there that still still no one's dec- like said no, they're not happening. But they're still out there, so they're still possible of a new trilogy. I just yeah. think they could just do solo an- anthology movies for the rest of their their time, and it'd be I'd be happy with it. You don't need or to uh, uh, a movie does well, do a sequel to it or whatever. But you don't have to like set it up be like okay, this is a trilogy. We had the trilogies. We had nine movies. Let's just do right. one movie that's really cool about the Star Wars universe. Beginning, ending, move on. <laughs> yeah. Take some characters from the TV shows you have, put them into a big screen movie, put them back. Like do a Marvel Cinematic Universe thing where you can put things back and forth. But like, I, I, I'm ready for some Star Wars movies where I'm excited for one movie and then move on. <laughs> It'd be interesting if they followed the MCU model though of like, not in you know, multiple phases, but mm-hmm. you know, an entire phase where they did do these individual movies that build up to something, you know, Infinity War, like, you know, um, that would be, that'd be interesting for them to do something like that. That's a, that would definitely be a long-term piece and maybe they could wrap some of the TV stuff into it as well. But that's the thing too, right? I mean, with, with the streaming available and doing so well, um, it does, it puts a lot of pressure on the theatrical, right? And mm-hmm. that has to, that has to hit in a way that, you know, Solo didn't hit um, for it to, you know, be viable for them. Um, I mean, all of that. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, well, okay, put it this way. This might be interesting. What if, what if they did um, a three, a theatrical viewing of the first season of Mandalorian? Would you go? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, that would be kind of cool. Why don't, why don't they try that a little bit? You know, I mean, obviously we could, but 
none of us have seen mm -hmm. it on a screen that big, right? Like that would be amazing. We all know we don't care. Yes. <laughs> you know, give me the popcorn, give me the huge big screen. Yeah. You know, that that would be pretty cool. So I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a there's a hybrid of of being able to utilize the streaming stuff in a way on on the big screen too. I don't think they'd have a swing and a miss with the with with the Star Wars stuff. If they're gonna make a movie, I feel like they're gonna have to make it either 100% not connected to the shows in the sense that it's like the night the High Republic side of it, where it's so far back that it's prequeling everything. It's prequeling the prequels. That it's point where you can't have anybody in the show because it's so far back. And so there can't yeah. be any connection. But if you're going to make a movie that's happening at the same time that the Mandalorian's happening or that, you know, any of these shows are happening and you don't connect them in a way, that's what DC does wrong, in my opinion, in their movies. And it just, it, you know, they, they had a flash. DC has a flash that has had eight seasons of this dude. And you went and hired a guy who allegedly beats up people and yells at people and gets restraining orders and Ezra Miller. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just use the guy that was in the TV show? That this is the stuff that like baffles me. And so if they end up putting a Mandalorian period in a movie, it should probably be the Mandalorian from the TV show and, and so on. So if you're going to do a Ahsoka show and then have Ahsoka be in a movie, like have her be from the show in the movie and just make it work that way. Because I don't feel like the House of Mouse is going to mess that up and do that kind of thing. I think now they've learned... I think once they saw the shows come out and they saw the success of the shows that there's kind of like stepping back and hitting a kind of a soft reset button on yeah. the Star Wars universe to sort of figure out how planning the future and getting John Favreau, someone to head it up like Kevin Feige is or at the MCU, like have someone, okay, you're in charge of the TV shows and so on. And I think DC's new CEO is doing something similar to that now. They're talking about, or whatever owns DC, they're talking about yeah. finding someone like a Kevin Feige yeah. to do it. And I'm afraid that person's James Gunn because I want him to stay over at the Marvel side. But I, I'm just in my mind, I could just picture them being like James Gunn would be the perfect person to head up the whole department of of that stuff. I don't think he would do it because I think he likes making the movies and not being right like ahead of something. But they need someone over there to 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 hold the reins in on that DC side of things. So as long as we don't get any more dance videos. <laughs> Honestly, honestly that, that opening of Peacemaker, actually, I, I crack up and watch it every time. I, Did you see someone made a Lego version of it? No. Stop motion oh. Lego version. It's unreal. It's, 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 I tell you what, it's, if it's one off series is like Peacemaker, do it. If you're now going to try to make that into a multi, like he's going to have multiple seasons and there's multiple yeah. spinoffs from it and they're all the same, doesn't work for me. Once you could, I would love a uh, Taika Waititi's directed TV show that was stupidly funny in the Star Wars universe. Like, have mm -hmm. it be a, a, a cheer style that's in the cantina, right? <laughs> right? Just like a bar right. show, funny, like behind the scenes, maybe yeah. sort of like a mockumentary thing where a documentary crew's in there doing something. I don't know. Be fine. Have you ever read? Have you ever read the Tag and Bink Star Wars comics? No. <laughs> okay, so um, th these were these were humor comics, Dark Horse days. Um, and uh, they actually filmed for Solo a scene that, um, uh, is it Jonathan Kasdan, the son? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. He was one of the characters and somebody else was one of the other characters and they, they're, they're in a scene, but they, they cut that scene and they, I don't know what, they didn't, they didn't put it on the online or anything like that. So, um, but, uh, but the, you know, that exists. I mean, you know, and that was, it was pretty popular for a while um, back in the old, Dark Horse, Star Wars comics days, but um, yeah, you could you could totally do something, and and Waititi's the perfect person to do that. Perfect right? person for I it. Mean, yeah, yeah. He's he's not as he won't go as crazy as James Gunn did with Peacemaker, but he'll go that level above that Thor, uh, Ragnarok, which actually is funny. We're recording this in uh, mid April, and actually I just got an alert on my phone. I know this is already going to be passed because this is coming out in May that they dropped the Thor: Love and Thunder tra trailer while we're recording this. What? So. We're both gonna oh have to like God. get off and and, and re watch that. Um, right. I thought that maybe they'd wait until actually after um, Multiverse of Madness because something in Multiverse yeah. of Madness is going to affect it. But I guess they're just waiting a little bit. It's now the shortest time between release of a movie and a trailer in the MCU history, but that's pretty cool. Wow. On that, I still want them to do a damage control show. I think that would be hilarious if just like a fun office workplace comedy that's damage control MCU yeah. them cleaning up after Thor and Hulk destroy a city and so on. But yeah. Whatever. We also wanted to do this week. I decided to delay it. We're going to do it this fall winter-esque that uh, I think Adam's going to be up on it. Maybe we'll get someone else on it. We'll get you on it. We're going to watch and talk about the infamous 
Star Wars holiday special. I've got it on yes. a thumb drive. So we'll watch that and we'll watch it and we'll talk about it. I almost feel like we should do a live, not live, but like we should all press play at the same time and watch it and do a live commentary on it, almost Mystery Science 3000 style uh, on it. But we'll figure out what we want to do on that. But I think I wanted to do it for the Star Wars week, but I thought it'd be hilarious to do sometime this winter as an episode to just do it and watch it and so on. uh, Because I think it's it's worth doing that too. Because that's, I mean, that's basically the beginning of Boba Fett right there. Uh, yeah, for the fandom and stuff. So uh, Honestly, it is I funny. There'll need to be a betting pool on if if everyone lasts through the whole to watch thing. the whole thing. So <laughs> that's yeah. Wow. Well, I feel like that's one of the reasons why you have to watch it at the same time, like live, so that we like are forced to finish watching it. And all of a sudden, I just see Jabron get up and walk out of the room. He's like, "I'm done, guys. I can't do this right now." I'll talk to you guys later. But no, it would be fun to do that. So look forward to that this fall winter over here at Capes and Tights. But yeah, Star Wars week rolled up with Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, or st- I'm just going to call it Solo. Solo. Red red Solo Cup. Um, red Plastic Cup, whatever it was called. Was it called Red Cup? Red Cup or red cup? Plastic Cup? That, yeah. uh, the, the, the secret working title for um, Solo, a Star Wars movie. Great movie. I think, again, I think it paid great respect to the characters. I think no one, uh, I think uh, Alden did a great job as Harrison Ford. I think, or as Harrison Ford, as uh, uh, Han Solo and so on. So I'm excited to, to see anybody else who hasn't seen it or watch it because, like I said, my wife was ex- excited to watch it as all out of all the Star Wars movies. Uh, she liked that one a lot too. So it was really cool to watch it. But uh, I appreciate you coming on and, and discussing um, the least profitable Star Wars movie of all time. Well, at least least box office dollars. I don't know what was the least profitable movie was. It's probably close to it, but it's definitely down there. I mean, it's fascinating that in 2018, this movie made $400 million. And in 1977, a movie made more than that with the yeah. cost of tickets. It's fascinating. But now, if, I mean, uh, Rogue One made a billion. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's fun. It's just it, fun. It is. And if you watch it, like I said, it's a solo movie. Don't think about it or anything. It just, you can think about Han Solo, the character, but just forget the rest of the Skywalker part of it and all that stuff and just watch this as a solo movie it's it's if it came out not connected to anything i think it'd be a great movie like if it was a character's name wasn't han solo and it was something else i think it would be like a great movie i think it would have been reviewed fine i think people would have gone to see the box office too many people connected it to the harrison ford's solo and you can't because it's a different actor like it's a completely different person (laughs) but whatever at least there was no incest in this one or what adam and i talked about in sequel the prequel trilogy where um padme is a predator to Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> She's a little older than him, buddy, okay? Just saying. Lots of opinion. <laughs> and then there's no incest where, uh, you know, it's the Skywalker's siblings are making out. Um, that's that's the episode here. Jerron, Briar Patch Books, Downtown Bangor. Uh, you're down there as well. Briar Patch, what's your website? Briarpatchbooks.com. Look at that. We went through the entire episode without almost a ringing of a phone. That just rang. That's pretty cool. Uh, Briarpatchbooks.com. Check them out if you're in the Bangor area. Are you? I mean, this is obviously past it. We had a great time at Bangor Comic Con, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're, uh, that's be fun. Exciting. Exciting things happen. No one died. I'm going to put that out there. Um, yeah, and I'm excited because guess what? This weekend, this comes out. This episode comes out uh, in the Multiverse of Madness is in theaters. So Doctor Strange exciting to hear what your thoughts are on that when eventually we, we all see it at some point but uh, I'm excited to see that so thanks for coming on buddy you bet next time <laughs> <laughs>